Welcome to episode 4.5 of The Third Power. Probably wondering what I'm talking about with episode 4.5, but episode 4 was the regular cube review of Mirrored and Besieged, but for this episode 4.5, I'm going to be doing a commons review, and joining me once again is Adam Staborski. Hello. Hi, Hi everybody. Awesome. But yeah, there's a, you know, now that the set has been fully spoiled, you know, we figured that we might as well, you know, dive into, uh, you know, how good the commons are in commons cubes. Now, uh, unfortunately, since I'm an idiot and didn't do my research, the title Popper to the People was actually taken by uh, Alex Ullman, who has a column on Pure MTGO, which I'll link to in the show notes, but definitely check that out. And he even has a popper cube, so, like, mad props for being, like, super mega awesome. Yeah, and if you're listening, Alex, uh, I definitely am taking a look at it. I'm just extremely slow sometimes. Sorry. But, yeah, there's a, there's something you wanted to talk about uh, in terms of uh, the X1 popper world. Could you kind of uh, go into depth about that? Yeah, I mean, it's something that, that I kind of brought up before, and the more I think about it... Um, the more I'm, the more I'm really starting to like it. So one of the, you know, um, you know, just to touch on something we we talked about before, one of the things that's really missing in popper cubes are wrath effects. I mean, things that just pretty much reset the board or at least you know put a real stop to um, aggressive type decks. And one of the ways, one of the things that that aren't common are um, a whole variety of these spells, especially in red and black. And there's some like old school variants in in green and in white, I think. But um, they basically deal one damage to everything. Things so, like uh, shrivel, uh, bloodfire dwarf, things like that. Yeah, and um, you know the my my thought was was that well if 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 I tweak things around and and kind of force it in a way, um, kind of doing the the whole I'm a I'm a des- I'm a designer, not a developer. I mean, I'm a developer, not a designer. Um, if if I put a lot more creatures with one power in, and especially really with with aggressive creatures, you know, um, really focused on trying to to make it so so they you know a lot of them have one power it, or um, one toughness, it would make it. Um, it would make these these one damage effects, you know, pseudo sweepers. You know, they they function similar to um, you know like pyroclasm is probably a good uh, analog. It would just um, you know it would just nuke a good chunk of the board. Uh, it would really slow down a lot of the aggro decks, and um, I think it would do a really good job um, opening up some some of the opportunity for the traditional kind of control colors like um, you know blue black and white black to um, to have an opportunity to to kind of step in and um, do something more than just bad aggro or mid range, um, I, I really think white red kind of a counterburn with a lot of these little board board clearing effects um, could be really interesting. So, yeah, there's like a couple of cards like uh, Yamabushi Storm, which is like one in a red sorcery, deal one to all creatures, and then like exile them if they die, kind of thing, and you know, by increasing the creatures with one toughness. Like, I know, at least in my regular cube, a lot of the one toughness is, pr- you know, the creatures that are have one toughness, it's not as much of a liability. Like, 
you know, someone could say, you know, they would be wrong in saying that, you know, Wild Dogs would be strictly better than Gosman Ogre. It definitely is better, for sure, because of, you know, the cycling. But even then, the one toughness isn't really that relevant, at least in that format. And then, you know, also in commons, I find that at least what, there's, you know, a big jump. Like, I find common cubes have, you know, they're like, you know, a staircase where, like, one power is, you know, pretty pretty insignificant, but then it gets up to two, and then three, and then four, and then five is, like, ginormous, and, like, six, which I think the only thing that has six power is, like, Wave Watch, and that's it. And it works the same way with toughness, and making the one toughness step more relevant is, is an interesting idea, for sure. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, kind of to do a little foreshadowing, you know, that that um, if, you know, if there are things like, um, you know, there, there's already um, the the white common from Mirrodin that put two 1-1 uh, soldier tokens into play. Raise the alarm? Yeah, something? raise the alarm. There's dragon fodder. Um, you know, there's master's call and Mirrodin besiege that, you know, that there, there are spells that would definitely be, you know, um, that would definitely help point towards sort of like a, like, token or one toughness decks and, um, you know, they would work really well with, with Battlecry. Um, you know, uh, a couple, there's a couple cards with Battlecry at common, but, you know, just, you know, thinking of the overall structure, if, you know, not only, not only having one toughness creatures like that, you know, can kind of open up a different type of aggro, um, this kind of like token or swarm type aggro that really hasn't been in my cube, but also that the, the creatures that I call effective walls, like, um, you know, Yoshin Soldier's a good example, one for Calcite Snappers the same way. Um, these guys have one power, and so even though they can attack, really they, you know, usually they just kind of stay at home and they and they function like walls, that they become much more relevant. That one power um, kind of gives them op- opportunity to shine because they're going to be taking out more creatures, um, even if there's, um, you know, sometimes equipment involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like a 3-1 attacker just, you know, gets eaten by a calcite snapper, that kind of thing. You know, or, or somebody, you know, that, that pumps it, you know, and gives it two power or something, you know, and it trades. That's okay, but, um, you know, you'd rather they trade than do nothing at all. And just, you know, just kind of, like, jump for a turn. You know, and then and, and some of the uncommon walls, um, you know, like Wall of Blossoms, Wall of Omens, you know, they're really awesome, but they don't kill anything. Their value is inherent in getting down a speed bump just to buy time. Um, you know, I, I definitely feel, especially with um, Popper and having so many creatures, um, just just in general, that having bodies that can attack um, or at least trade um, a little better, um, you know, work, you know, work better than just walls. Definitely, and that's one of the things I, I forgot to mention on the last episode was like when I did the I did an analysis of my regular cube and my commons cube, and in terms of Creatures and non-creatures, in my cube, it's about a 50-50 split down the middle between creatures and non-creatures. Like, I counted, you know, Call of the Herd as a creature, since that's effectively what it is, kind of thing. And, like, Crossy Tusker is a spell. But in terms of commons cubes, it's a lot more. Like, I think for my 450-card common cube, which is pretty big, I think it had, like, 220, 230 creatures. There's a lot more creatures, and, you know, there are a lot more. So cards like like walls, like Wave Watch and things like that, are a lot more relevant. Or I don't know if I say a lot more relevant, but there's a lot more creature combat going on. And that effect definitely is uh, more 
pronounced. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a uh, it's a result of how limited works. You know, when you're in a draft environment, it doesn't work to have less creature have less creatures than spells. You you know you need to have those bodies in um, in real limited you know real draft environments. Um, and I know I know some cube enthusiasts just you know just flip their lid at the idea of cube not being a real limited format, but um, <laughs> but you know that that um, I mean I think that's why we especially with with these with these you know newest sets from you know like Shards of Alara on, it's um, the, co- the the quality of common creatures has gotten incredibly good. Um, I mean Wild Nacatl, I mean that that's all play in in Legacy as a common. You know, just to put it in perspective, where where creatures have gone in the past few years, so or even like a putrid leech, just yeah. such an efficient creature at common, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's it's virtual four power, uh, dodges bolt ninety percent of the time when it's played when it's played right. I mean, it's it's incredibly. I mean, it's it's hard enough to kill in the standard. It's it's still pretty hard to kill in in popper cube. Yeah, it's like if you don't have, for the most part, if you don't have an instant red spell and a way to bait them into, you know, pumping it and then doing it in response, or, like, the white removal, the enchantment base, like, you know, pacifism, temporal isolation, things like that, like, that's just going to kill you. You're just going to die to a future leech. Or at least it's going to be hard to beat, for sure. Yeah, I mean, only the, the only burn spell that um, that regularly that can regularly kill a future leech, no matter what, is um, Chandra's Outrage. That's true, Yeah. You know, because, uh, you know, I, I had to learn the hard way that when you swing them Putrid Leech and they don't block and they have mana up, you just don't pump. You just let the, you know, let it deal the two damage and, you know, be happy. You know, it's, it's like the, a, it's the threat of going to, to a 4-4 that makes it unappealing. Yeah, it's like a game of chicken, essentially. It's like who's going to blink first kind of thing. In terms of the commons from this set, I was expecting more really good commons, but there's still a decent amount of commons that I'm going to put in, at least in my commons cube. Now, uh, would you like to discuss them starting with uh, with white? Sure. I mean, I think, uh, you know, let's just do a rundown of the, the highlights that, um, I know I pulled some of these out, um, you know, and from, you know, I'm looking at the cheat sheet here that uh, you added some too. Yeah, there, it, it wasn't much. Like, when you sent me the list of stuff that you wanted to talk about, I was like, this is pretty pretty much right on, and then it was like maybe like three cards that I added to it, but yeah, for the most part, your list was spot on. We went over a decent amount of this, about a decent amount of these, on the uh, third podcast episode, uh, Popper to the People, so some of these are going to be repeats, and we're just going to kind of, you know, just kind of review them, but, you know, we're going to dive more into the cards that have been spoiled since then. And the first one that's going to be, you know, the first windmill slam in commons cubes is Leonin Skyhunter, the card that got upgraded to a common <laughs> instead of an uncommon. I've been thinking more and more about Skyhunter, and um, something I'm going to talk about in, uh, in a, the poppercube.wordpress.com Ding. post is... Uh, is um, I'm, I'm beginning to become less and less of a fan of um, double-color casting costs. Um, yeah, like, at least in regular cubes, it's really, like, getting a start, like, turn one, Savannah Lions, turn two, uh, Blood Knight is possible. Like, it's not easy, because you have the dual lands. But in commons cubes, you don't have that fixing. The best you have is, like, 
border posts, uh, Lanor elf kind of effects, but none of them can allow a start. Like, you know, turn one dude, turn two, double white in a different, you know, or different mana cost, you know, different or different color cost kind of thing. So that, it definitely is a liability. Yeah, and um, I've I've really noticed it in black. Um, something I noticed when I was um, running my cube through the 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 deck stats uh, or um, yeah deckstats.net, um, I noticed that black was slightly heavier in color commitment, and huh. um, it um, it's definitely had an impact on the cube because when you go black, you you find yourself with a lot of these double double casting costs, and so in in one sense you know it. It definitely represents, you know, that um, it's including the powerful black cards. You know, double black is usually, um, I mean, double any color is usually gets a, a slight bonus in terms of what it can do because of that difficulty in casting it. It's a stronger commitment. Um, you know, it's more narrow. I mean, compare um, Lean and Sky Hunter to Stormfront Pegasus. You know, that, that one toughness can be useful. You know, that one more toughness. Uh, so black has been a little more difficult than the other colors to... Um, to kind of partner up, and I've definitely noticed that you know that that when I've got you know ashes to ashes, and I've got some of the shadow guys that sometimes you know if I don't hit that that second swamp early on, um, I end up you know I end up getting kind of petered out. You know I I I, uh, I slow down and I'm not able to to drop things as quickly, um, especially later in the game when you still only have let's say two black or three black mana, you can't cast uh, you know two cards each with a double color requirement. Um, so it definitely um, it definitely hurts black aggro in terms of mixing it with like green or red or something like that that um, you know that complements it well. Yeah, and especially and it's really important also in aggro decks just to get like those aggressive starts, get like you know turn one carnivage, turn two uh, what's that skittering scourge, turn you know and just keep applying pressure and with those uh, concentrated mana costs. It's bad enough, or at least it's you know enough of a liability. But in aggro matchups, like especially when you really need to get the damage, like as quickly as possible, it definitely is. It isn't a non-zero uh, cost. Like the you know you're trading one toughness, or you know you're getting plus one toughness in exchange for you know having to pay one more white. And some people may be like, oh that's nothing. You know that's like. You know, whatever. But there's definitely liability to that. Yeah, and that's something I'm going to look at closer. Is you know, it's not it's you know it's it's not a question of you know is it good enough for a cube? It is clearly, and it's not a question of you know should I should I not find the effort to find what the correct replacement is? No, I mean you know just just letting it go is probably the wrong decision. But um, what exactly I would replace with it may not necessarily be the most intuitive. Um, because I may be looking at, I may look a little harder at cards that cost double color instead of single, and try to mitigate the the creep of those double color cards. That's true. So. That's, that's definitely a good idea. Anyway, so that's a lot. Of, so that's that's a lot of talk around a reprint. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I thought, I thought we were just going to review these. <laughs> the next one is uh, Master's Call, essentially the uh, Raise the Alarm variant for two and a white instant. Put two one-one colorless mirror tokens onto the battlefield. Yeah, so raise the alarm was too good. There's now your you know, cost one more, and it's artifacts. 
Yeah, and to be honest, there aren't many ways to take advantage of the fact that there are artifacts, like, in cube. Like, there aren't enough uh, artifacts to make, uh, what are those, metal craft cards really useful. But it does, um, I, I just meant in terms of being of being weaker. That, oh, yeah. That in Mirren and Besieged, I, I believe, um, I would suspect that this was originally a straight-up raise-the-alarm variant that just put artifact mirror into play, and they found out that two mana was a little too good for helping turn on Metalcraft. Um, oh, yeah. And I think they probably bumped it up a cost just to, you know, because effectively it's it's free artifacts, because you can just hold the mana, you you bluff Dispense Justice, and then when they don't attack, you untap and turn on Metalcraft for the beatings. Mm-hmm. You know, seems, seems like a fine sequence of turns. Um, but for... Um, you know the the reason I'm kind of looking at it is is uh, partially you know this um, this one toughness world um, trying to increase those things, but it definitely helps support the like the blue white type uh, control deck where they can they can keep the counter mana up and they can use it you know if the opponent plays something you know it's like it, it replaces it's the third dro- it's a it's a three drop effectively for um, for control decks with white. Because you can sit there, you can let them do their thing, you can react to it. If they don't do anything you want to react to, you can still cast creatures mid-combat or at the end of turn, and um, you minimize your your downtime. You, know, you don't have to sit there and not not have anything happen for a turn. Yeah, you're, you're not like you know, uh, you're not wasting your mana. There's a use for it. If you're you know holding up counter magic anyway, it's kind of one of those getting use out of your mana efficiently no matter what kind of thing. The uh, the next card is the uh, Horned Turtle variant, in a way. Two and a white for... Oh, uh, Priests of Norn, the name of the card. Uh, two and a white for a 1-4 Cleric, and it has Infect and Vigilance. What do you think of that one? Uh, I, th- I think it's all right. I, uh, you know, I d- I'm definitely one that um, put it on there. The... The the thing that I really like about it is that it's it's um, it's a little deceptive. When you look at the card like a horned turtle, you know it's a, it's a it's a virtual wall. It just basically sits there and says, you know, hey, you're not gonna you're not gonna be dealing a lot of damage real quick, or you have to waste a removal spell on this. Obviously, not gonna kill you any time this century creature. But what I really like about Priest of Norn is that it has infect. And what what I dig about the infect is that it it helps grind back. Like, you can't just throw your 3-3 at them to keep them honest. Like, that's something I like to do. Like, okay, I see you have your wall there, but clearly you're not going to attack me, so I'm going to keep you honest and attack and make you block. Uh, you know, I'm going to make you decide whether I have something in my hand or not. And by doing that every time, um, you know, I have a clear opportunity to do that. You know, I, you know, people who play against me regularly have a hard, you know, seem to have a harder time reading whether I have the pump or not, because I'm simply keeping them honest. You have to block me every time. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, being able to block and blow, you know, I used to be able to blow them out with um, the the plus four, plus two red-green trample pump. Oh, that card's a blowout anyway, <laughs> like, no matter what, but yeah. Yeah, you know, or if they didn't block, oh, look, I just dealt you six damage, you know, for, for you know, for free, you know, mm-hmm. effectively. So, um but but this card has infect, and so you can't, you know, I can't just run my dudes into it over and over because it just makes them weak for no point. Um, so it's a little easier to read, you know. You 
they probably won't attack as often when they don't have a pump spell. You know, the bluff is going to be a little different. And um, the thing about it is, is that that infect turns the one into a virtual two. Because if they have an empty board, you can plink them, keep your defender up, and give them two poison tokens, uh, poison counters. And so, um, you know, the question is, is you know, that, that leads to, you know, is poison a potential sub-theme in, in Popper Cube? You know, I, I don't know. I don't necessarily see it yet, but you only have to hit them five times with this instead of um, 20. Well, it's, a, it's 10 times, right, because it's a 1-4? It's a oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. Okay. Like uh, I remember when uh when like the first common commons from uh the first Scars of Mirrodin came out and we were talking about uh what was that? Blight Mamba and Sistbearer. And I remember we were talking about those for commons cubes kind of thing. And you know, I just I don't know, like Sistbearer, like three toughness was really nice, but I, I definitely think this in terms of the job that it does I think it does that a lot better because, you know, the fact that, yeah, it's a horn turtle and, yeah, they can't attack into it, you know, a lot, you know, the problem with, you know, walls, you know, like the horn turtle effects is that, yeah, they can attack with their 3-3 and a 1-1 and essentially you're tying up their 1, their 3-3 and then just getting in there for 1 and, you know, that, if they do that same attack, you know, it just whittles that guy down 2-1-0. And, like, I'm not really sure if the poison, you know, the poison's going to be ever really relevant, if it's ever going to get there. But it's not, you know, it can't hurt. Like, you know, the fact that it's going to, I mean, it could kill somebody with poison. I don't know if it's going to happen very much. But the fact that it's such a good wall makes me consider it. Like, I, you know, I definitely think it's the best poison commons cube card. Yeah, I mean, the, the fact that it has vigilance means that you can poke with it yeah. and effectively keep it back. You know, you can poke into, oh, they've got, you know, they've got a 1-1 and a 2-2, two, two. I'll poke. Yeah, and, and really there's no, it's, you know, it's similar to, um, you know, when they have a 2-2 two, two flying and you've got, um, you know, Skyhunter Prowler, you know. It's a 1-3, you know, 1-3 vigilance flying. You know, okay, well, I can poke you. You have to block or, you know, I can poke in and see what you do. Mm-hmm. And especially if I have some sort of trick or effect or a blink, you know, anything that can that can um, kind of mess with what with what their plans may be, you know, it's it's definitely um, it, in some ways it, it removes some of the trickiness, but it opens up other avenues. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know. I just think it's got a really interesting set of stats and effects. Mm-hmm. For sure. Like, and yeah, the fact that it has vigilance, there's no downside to attacking. Like, unless they have, you know, a neck snap. Or you know something like that, which which you know punishes you for attacking. Like oh, if they have those cards you told me, I should I should cut and then agreed with. Yeah, I mean I still don't yeah. think they're that good, but you know the fact that if they have that open, you know that's you know that's a downside, you know like to attacking. Like if they have those cards, you know in their hand or if they're you know present in the in you know a cube where that card is being played, it's something you have to consider. But like if you know. Doomblade just kills it no matter what. And, you know, OMG, everything dies to Doomblade, but, you know, whatever. Uh, the next card... broke. Oh, yeah, go for the throat. But, that, see, that's not common, though. And that's that made me sad. It broke my heart. I'm like, how do you get away printing a Doomblade variant? Not a common. That's Terror what I variant, thought. Not a common. I kind of assumed it was a common, and I saw it, and I'm just like, wait, this is an uncommon? That, 
That doesn't make sense. This no, <laughs> this does not make sense. I don't know. It was yeah, rather strange. The uh, the next card is a uh, Loxodon Partisan, which is four and a white for a three four elephant soldier with battle cry. I like this guy. I think he's pretty good. He he gets my thumbs up. I think he's okay. I I'm a little um I, I think probably my opinion on Battlecry might change a little bit when I get to um play with it, you know, here here shortly this weekend. But um what I mean, don't get me wrong, I love Loxidens. I love elephants and I wish there were more of them in my cube because I think the grand total of elephant creatures in white is zero. There's the but, uh, uh isn't there that like I know I'm I know you're not playing it in your cube, but it's like two and Two white for a two three that taps to prevent two or something. Locks it on mender or something. Yeah, he's like he's like three and two white for a th- for like a three three that taps to prevent damage. Yeah, it's it's pretty meh. Yeah, pretty yeah. okay. I swore it cost four. Maybe I'm thinking maybe, something else. Maybe. Okay, but well, yeah, um, like uh. But, but this guy is is a three four with battle cry. And so the thing to look at with battle cry is that it's a virtual four four. When you're when you're attacking with it, it's bigger. Because it pumps itself. Actually, I, I don't think it I don't think it does. I'll double check. Do I, do I need to read cards? <laughs> R- RTFC. Yeah, it's each other attacking creature. Wow. So it's not even four power on the offense for no. four, uh, for five mana. Um, you know, and that maybe that's why maybe that's why I didn't put him on at first. Maybe I did read the card right. And now I now I can't read cards at all. But no. um, what? You know, uh, what, what I don't like is that for, for five mana, I can be doing, you know, it's the, um, it's, it's the problem you encounter a lot in, um, regular cube is that, well, I'm already doing something at five mana that's so much more, more powerful, affects the board so much more, gives me such a better creature. You know, like for five mana, I can get three, three flying for a strike. Mm hmm. You know, or um, my favorite, uh, toolbox card ever in Commons Cube, Totem Guide Heart of Beast. Let's not talk about that right now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, you know, you, you're getting, you know, the, I mean, that guy's a, a massive wall that tutors up removal, you know, all for that one cost. So, I mean, you, you get something that, that you're really gonna do it with. And so the question is, is how good is Battlecry? That's really the question that this guy asks. And, um, you know, I don't know how good Battlecry is right now, because oftentimes, you know, the, you know, so many games become wars of attrition and creatures trade, you know, that, that, you know, um, I, I've especially learned that the correct decision is to trade early. Like, sitting there and being a champ and going, ah, you know what, I've got tons of life, I'm just gonna let it take me. Well, by the time you start to decide blocking and you know, you're sub 10 life, suddenly, you know, they've dropped their creatures and their hand is, are all their tricks that they haven't used yet. Um, and so, and so what I, you know, what I often find myself doing is, is trading a little more aggressively, especially if I'm playing the longer game. Because if I can get to my better creatures and play those instead of this little weenie horde that's coming down across from me, um, you know, the payoff is so much better. And, um, you know, I'm just, I'm just not convinced that, that battle cry on a 3-4 for 5 is, is as good as I want it to be. Yeah. And now I think about it more, yeah. Like, especially compared to what white gets at five mana, it's just, it doesn't really stack up that well. No, I mean, if, you, if you're running the deck with, you know, let's say, let's assume that, you know, we're in this cube that has both Master's Call and um, Raise the Alarm, and you're running both, 
you know, I think Loxton Partisan is, is a great card. I mean, it's like, uh, you know, um, a Piana effective. You know, okay, cool, I've got a whole bunch of these tokens, now what? Oh, they're, they're gonna become two ones every turn. That's, yeah. you know, that's a lot more appealing, especially when it's, um, you know, when you get the explosiveness of, well, I'll dr- drop him down, you know, drop him down, flashback, uh, you know, or cast Reckless Charge, you know, you've got a whole different ballgame going on. Yeah. You equip him with, uh, with Strider Harness, which is probably what I would want to do. That's true, yeah. Or, yeah, just, yeah, get it in there ASAP. And, and one thing, like, one thing I was just thinking of that's interesting is, like, in white-green and stuff like that, it gives some value to your mana dorks that kind of outlive their usefulness, you know, to be able to attack for two instead of one, because that step is quite big in terms of being able to, you know, eat creatures like, you know, Civic Wayfinder and, you know, Phyrexian Rager, stuff like that. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, the two power is that is that turning point. A lot of things have two toughness. A lot of things that you want to be attacking with have two power. That's definitely the kind of like the, the round numbers you're looking at for for creatures. Yeah, definitely. But I think yeah, that's a card that's kind of a maybe. Like I'm, I you know might test it out if I have time, kind of thing. But yeah, for, I yeah now I think about it more. I'm just kind of on the fence. Kind of. Well, eh. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm hoping that I get a chance to play with some Battlecry this weekend. I think that you know it's. Um, I don't know if it's one of those things where, like Infect, where it looked re- like Blight Mama looked really good until I played with it and I realized it was just okay. You know, uh, you know, this kind of looks okay, but maybe it'll turn out to be a lot better than I think. You know, and that's what you know, that's something to hope for. Yeah, I think I at least have I have hope for it. Uh, do you want to look at the blue cards? Yeah, yeah, let's let's run down those. Okay, the first one uh, that we already talked about uh, was Mirren Spy. Two and a blue for a 1-3 flying drone creature when an artifact is cast, untap target creature. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the thing the thing that I'm trying to look for are, um, you know, flying creatures with higher toughness because flying, there's so much flying going on that if you're not able to slow it down or stop it, you know, um, the, uh, the, the giant spider from Time Spiral that... Um, Penumbra? Penumbra, Penumbra Spider is so good. Yeah. It just, it just stops flying cold, and they can't even kill it, right? Because they, they've got to blow two removal spells if they want to completely wipe it out. And the second so, one's uh, immune from Doomblade and Terror and stuff like that. Yeah, so they kill it once, and then it's even, it's like, it's, you know, it's like, uh, you know, it's like an ex-girlfriend. You kill it once, it comes back, it's even harder to kill. <laughs> you know, like, really? This, this again? Yeah. So, um. You know the, the the one three for the one one three for th- flying for three mana isn't isn't that appealing, and I think there may be other options out there, but it's just something that that I happen to flag, um, especially if you're if you're if you're going well, you know like when I went to create my cube, I did I did it at the end of a Lara block. Cool, I'm going to do like this multicolor cube. You know, if you decide you're going to do like an artifact popper cube, this guy definitely seems solid because he gives targeted vigilance. Like, okay, cool, I'm going to assume my guys, then cast two artifacts and untap them. Like, that's true. That seems a lot better, you know, and I think that that's the interaction we're going to see um, with Mirrodin Besiege is that the blue decks are going to have, you know, like blue-white metalcraft or, you know, blue-red metalcraft are going to have this, you know, um, this bonus vigilance floating around, which is pretty good when you need to be blocking infect creatures. So yeah. I, I think that as a card it makes sense, but, you know, just something to think about. Okay. The next card is uh, called Oculus. 
a 1-1 homunculus creature for one and a blue. When it dies, draw a card. Now, I, I just like... When just it dies, we, draw a card. Yeah, when it dies, draw a card. And, you know, I kind of thought of it, like, as an interesting creature. And then, like, just like five, you know, just like a minute ago, I remembered Surveilling Sprite from Ravnica, which essentially is the same creature with flying. Can sur- I'm, I'm looking it up now. Can Surveilling Sprite block creatures without flying? It can't. I believe so, yeah, just because it could chump block just random dudes and stuff like that. Yeah, so now that I now that I remember Surveilling Sprite exists, Oculus looks really bad. Yeah. Instead of just normal bad. But um, It makes me reevaluate Surveilling Sprite. It does and it doesn't. I mean, the, the thing that I... The, the reason that I put it up is, is you know, the, I had two thoughts around it. One is in this X1 world where suddenly it trades with a lot more things, um, but now you're getting value out of the trade. And that's, um, you know, that's an okay thing for Blue. Like, okay, I'm going to drop this guy down. I know he's going to die, but he's going to give me another card. He's going to help me dig a little faster. He's going to give me that incremental advantage that I desperately need against these aggro decks. Mm-hmm. But um, the other thing is, is that if you look at it as something that's just going to die or speed bump anyway, it's basically slow cycling. Yeah. You know, and the quite you know, the I'm starting to, you know, especially with um, the, the cycling lands from Urza Saga, you know, the original cycling set where it's all two colorless, you know, I'm beginning to think, well, cycling's great because it's instant speed and you can do it at end of turns and things like that, but sometimes, you know, you just draw it for the turn and, you you know, you just cycle right away. You're like, I just want something now. You gotta just dig for answers. Like, yeah, I need I just, that bolt. You know, so, so you know, I'm, I'm wondering, well, half the time what I'm digging for is just something to kill this creature. You know, it, it seems almost, you know, it, you know, it seems almost... Better in some ways that when I'm, you know, when I'm on the heel or I just need to block something for a turn, you know, play this down and get the slow cycling, but it also fogs a creature for a turn. Mm-hmm. You know, so is that effect good? You know, I, I don't know if it's good enough, but it's just, you know, it's just one of those, one of those things that, you know, that, that kind of came up in, in looking at that, you know, two mana, get a card out of it. Yeah, I think so. I, I don't know. It's worth a shot. At least, at least surveilling sprite. Like this, yeah. that effect is, is that good? Like, and yeah, like I said, it just makes me rethink of that card. And there's another, there's a another black card which we might get into later, which made me rethink of another card. But we'll get into that later. Uh, the next card is Serum Raker, two and double blue for a three-two Drake creature with flying. And then when it dies, you know, goes to the graveyard from play. Each creature or each player discards a card. Now I don't, I think it's, I think it's an interesting card. Because, you know, blue decks tend to play a lot of lands, and they're most likely to be sandbagging, you know, random, you know, island or mountain or whatever. So they may be able to deal with that a little, drawback a little easier. What do you think? I mean, I think it goes both ways. I mean, I think if an aggro deck sees it, they're not gonna, they're not gonna play, you know, it it might give them pause to not play the only land they have in their hand because they want to keep their tricks. You know, they don't want to lose this creature. You know, I mean, uh, three power, three power flying for four mana is pretty is pretty standard in cube. That's pretty much where the baseline is. Um, blue has a couple three power, um, you know, uh, for for three mana flying, but you know it's conditional and fragile. Um, yeah, they usually can't block. They can only block flyers or something. Yeah, like Rishidan airship. Yeah, and um, cloud spirit. The you know the 
three four three uh, three power for four is fine. You know, I just you know it's just that that when it dies effect instead of drawing a card or getting um, the ability to like put it on top of the library, but um, you know having that discard effect on there make you know can make it a little more um, attractive to to swing with or to trade with because when you know you you know you you have something to discard or that you don't need or you know you can discard. Um, Something like uh, some card with flashback, and you're going to get your value out of it anyway, even if you don't have a land, you know, that you don't need in your hand. Um, you know, I feel like for a blue card, that's probably definitely going to die against most decks. Um, it, it provides a you know kind of a, a unique effect for for what it does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think yeah, I don't know. I think it's I think it's worth a shot at least. Like I don't know, I give I give it a thumbs up. I give things. I give lots of cards thumbs up. This one, I'll give it a thumbs up too. I'm not like, you know, OMG windmill slam, but you know, I, I like it. Uh, maybe I'm easy to please. I don't know. You're you're cool, buddy. You can come in the party too. <laughs> this, this is why your cube's 450 cards and mine's 360. Yeah, it, it is. Like I I intentionally made it pretty huge so I could put a lot of the cards that you know I missed playing. You know that like the bounce lands when I wasn't doing the whole guild thing. In my powered cube, I was like, man, I really miss playing bounce lands and stuff like that. And you know, I just want to be able to play with a bunch of cards. Like, obviously, there's no like junk in there, but you know, it's it's a lot more loose, I guess. Loose is the path to the dark side. <laughs> uh, the next card is uh, called Turn the Tide. It's a uh, one in a blue instant. Opponents creatures, I think it's like target. Opponents' creatures get minus two, minus o oh, until the end of turn. Now, I, I really like it. Reminds me a lot of Safe Passage. Like you can't stop a fireball with it, but it just screws up combat math so much that I think it's, especially for blue, you know, such a defensive color. I think it's, you know, it's definitely got some value for sure. Yeah, I remember in um, back when you know the. The second to last time I got back into Magic, seriously, uh, Saviors of Kamigawa was coming out, and I thought, oh man, this set's so cool. Um, yeah, please forgive me. Um, <laughs> the um, well, well, I, actually, I do. I, I find a lot of cool things in it. It just doesn't happen to play well with um, a lot of the Magic that we that we're used to. But um, the blue had just gotten. You know, they they said, okay, blue's going to have the you know the negative power. Uh, without negative toughness effects. You know, so now blue's got this like deterrent or illusion or kind of a soak effect without um, you know without being able to kill anything. You know, until Murfolk Thaumaturge you know oh, came yeah. along in Planar Chaos, you know, and just kind of messed that up. But <laughs> the um, you know that there have been there have been just you know really only a handful of these negative power effects, and most of them have been kind of bad. You know, they're they're like a twenty third card limited trick or something you bring in specifically for um, to, to handle an opponent's bomb that you need to reduce its power. You know, so for this just to to kind of like have like a little one sided, you know, I'm going to shrink your your dudes' powers, and suddenly you go from trading a bunch of dudes to killing a bunch of their dudes or, or soaking a lot more damage than you, you know, than than you effectively could. You know that that you know it's not a you know I. I I kind of look at it as maybe it's you know people look at it and think it's a blue fog, but you know how how good is it really at fighting an aggro deck? And I think it's a lot better at fighting an aggro deck than fog because you'll be able to actually kill some of their dudes when you play this, mm-hmm. and you won't be losing as many of yours. You know I think it's you know it, it is safe passage like, 
But the fact that it only costs two mana and it's in blue, um, you know, I think it gives it a different feel. Yeah, I mean, especially... I think it has a much better use in blue than it does in white. Especially for blue, you know, double blue. If you hold that mana up, they're going to think you're holding Counterspell. You know, if you're holding up double, you know, an island and then, like, you know, a mountain, they might think, oh, he's got Arcane Denial or something in his hand. And, you know, attacks with a bunch of dudes. It's like, oh, here's Turn the Tide. Your combat math just got screwed over. So, I mean, it's at a very nice cost to bluff. Whereas Safe Passage, you know, if your opponent has three up, you know, they may be thinking, well, that's, he's, he might be, he may have a trick of some kind. Whereas, yeah, it's a lot easier to, uh, for your opponent to fall for it with that mana cost. Yeah, I mean, the thing about it is that Turn the Tide is, is new. Like this, you know, target, you know, everything shrinks. That's, you know, that, that card doesn't really exist in blue. You know, as, as a two mana instant. It's just, you know, it's just not out there in people's minds. And so, like, when I had Safe Passage in my cube, it definitely blew people out. Like, you know, oh, they were not expecting this. Oh, but, yeah. You know, and, and I think it's going to be the same thing. You know, it's just, um, you know, I'm just wondering is if it's, you know, if it feels the same or if it'll feel better in blue. Because I ended up cutting Safe Passage. Because it just didn't, um, it just didn't do what I, you know, what I wanted it to do. Was it one of those once the surprise factor was gone, like it just lost a ton of value kind of things? No, it was more like it was just you never wanted to put it in your deck anyway, you know, because there are so many creatures in white. There, you know, and you're choosing between that and a hard removal spell. You're choosing between that and you know an evasive body, mm-hmm. and you know, really, you know, ninety percent of the time you're you're going to choose that hard removal or that evasive body simply because it's going to do more for you. Like when you have a half empty board or you're half dead, pulling safe passage kind of feels like, you know, ugh. But when you can pull a removal spell or you pull that body that helps you get back in the game, you know, that, you know, it, um, it just never did what I wanted it to do. But with blue being a much slower color, being the color that wants to buy time, wants to be tricky and, you know, being able to bluff counter mana, but instead have combat blowout mana, you know, either way, it's bad for the opponent. And there's, yeah. you know, they're going to have any less, you know, they're going to have less of a chance of seeing it coming. And also, uh, oh, go ahead, sorry. No, I mean, and that's just kind of the angle I'm taking with it, is is how much better is it at two mana than three? Yeah, and that's just like, and, you know, the mana cost reduction is definitely big. And uh, one thing I want to address really quick, uh, for people who are kind of new to commons cubes, you know, I definitely agree with him taking Safe Passage out, and I, I don't know if I took it out of my commons cube, but I wouldn't be surprised if I did. But, you know, if you're new to commons cube, you might be thinking, Oh, this, that card was so insane in, you know, in draft, in, you know, in limited. Why is he, is, is, you know, is he crazy for taking out this really good card? Yes. The thing is, is that, well, yeah, so <laughs> same here, welcome to the club. <laughs> but, you know, it's, uh, Commons Cubes, I mean, you know, there's just a different context, and for the most part, it's a different ball game. And, you know, like, with, going, with, with any cube, when, yeah. you know, the, and that, that's something I mentioned a little bit earlier, but that, you know, making making and running a cube is basically it's a similar analog to being a developer for a magic set because you're looking at this and you're going, man, what you know? I'm playing this with limited. You know, you're you're just focusing on how you know one aspect of development is focusing on limited. How is this going to work in a draft environment? And so you you begin to try these things out, and everybody kind of has a different ideal spot. They have a different goal or or view of what they want to see out of their cube. Yeah, like and, a mission statement kind of thing. 
Yeah, and so like you know the you know I'm definitely into lots of dudes and trading and you know that that when I think people talk about how awesome limited is, it's because they got to do really cool things with all these different creatures and they got to play, um, you know, the, a game of magic like they remember when they started. Because both people have creatures and both people have things that kill creatures and you're trading and you're attacking and it feels very very intuitive um, to just to just plug away um, for Popper Cube and so that's um, how you shape that environment and the things you the things you add or remove to to kind of nudge the the feeling to get it to to not only work the way you want it to work but have it feel natural the way it's working you know and those are two very different things but they're important to get to have together that um you know things like you know is turn the tide good in the same cube where we don't have the same much passage is, it isn't as good you know and so it's being able to ask those questions and evaluate the you know the the context of being in a different color having a different mana cost and having different play styles for the colors you know comes into play makes sense i definitely agree like i don't have much to add i just was like qft agree <laughs> <laughs> Also, I'm I am insane. I spend way too much time thinking about popper cube. Same, like that's what I do with my regular cube. Like I remember coming home from work thinking about like what random green three drop do I want to run? Do I want to run Viper or Nantuko Vigilante or Imperious Perfect? And I was remember thinking about that on the ride home from work. I was just and that's and the same thing with commons cubes. I'm like and you know just kind of uh, with the next card. Uh, and another one of those cards that made me think of another card, like this thought randomly came in my head. The card is called uh, Morbid Plunder, and it's one and two black. Return up to two target creature cards from your graveyard to your hand. And we're just you know randomly thinking about this. I was like, this card seems good. This card seems good. And then like all of a sudden you just like just suddenly, oh wait, Death's Duet. That's the same thing but better. And for those who are playing along, it's uh, two and a black, Death's Duet, two and a black, for the same thing. You know, sorcery, whatever, same speed, same everything, just easier to cast. And it made me rethink of that card. I'm like, should I run that? And the train of thought kind of died with that. But Yeah, and there's and there's also one um, from from Scourge. Two and, a black, two and a black, return target creature card from Graveyard to your hand, but it has Storm. Oh, uh, like Reaping the Graves or something? Yeah, and it's an instant, so you can EOT it on your opponent's turn. Yeah. I'll bolt your guy. Okay. I'll get it back. <laughs> and then another oh, guy. Oh, darn. You, bolt, you, you bolted my, my life gain flyer. Drat. <laughs> yeah. <Do> you <laughs> want to kill, kill something else, too, now? You're going to kill this other guy that gains life when he comes into play? Or I'll bring back my Penumbra Spider and <laughs> deal, deal with all this stuff. <laughs> yeah, you've got it. You get four spiders for the cost of two. So. Yeah. <laughs> nice removal um, there, buddy. I mean, yeah, and that's why I didn't put that card on the on the spoiler. I was like, wow, this is a bad version of Death's Duet. Yeah. Which I don't made, Yeah, I was about to say, it just kind of made me could reconsider, and I was like, oh, yeah. And then, like, you know, stuff like that. And it's interesting how, like, some cards just make you think about past cards. But, like, oh, yeah, maybe I should give that card another chance. Will I give Death's Duet another chance? Probably not. I don't know. Maybe. You'll, you'll give Death's Duet a chance when, for some reason, Death Denied isn't as good. Death Denied is always... It's got a permanent home. It's got... Yeah, it's got, like, the, the couch with, like, the the seats that have been, like, 
formed from like years, like Al Bundy. It's kind of Death Denied is like that in my comments cube. I don't think it's ever gonna leave. <laughs> Another uh, the other card in black, which we kind of touched up over before, was a Phyrexian Rager, two and a black, two two, horror when it enters the battlefield, draw a card and lose a life. Staple, get a foil at the pre-release if you can. I don't know if there's really much else to say about it. Yeah, I, I'm a fan of um, why well, I had a whole series on kind of how I look at pimp and, and how I define it. And it's up to you to define whether you're going to pimp your cube or not and what pimp you're going to get and stuff. But I prefer the old art more than the new art. But I know that the new art with the new foiling is going to look really creepy. I, so. I'm kind of like I, I prefer old borders, but I just love this art. It's just perfect. It's, you know, just, it looks like a horror. The other one looked like a robot egg or something. It's like, no, watch you out know for what it looks like? It looks like the brain monster in Doom. Yeah. <laughs> it's got, like, the legs, and it's got, like, the arms, and, and it's just like, you know, you just look at it and go, you know, there's no way this is cute or friendly or fun. Like, this thing is coming to, you know, rip rip my body apart and, you know, uh, complete me. Yeah, it's it's the it's Phyrexia. It's just like you are dead. Like that intro, that that video they had on YouTube with uh, Phyrexia pitching its side. It's kind of like that. It's like you're dead, accept it, game over, kind of thing. And uh, yeah, I definitely like the new, the new art does that so much better than the old one. I think. Yeah, and and I I'm just looking at that blue, that foiling in the background. Like it's gonna look even more backlit. Yeah, it's going to be insanely creepy. Like, wow, this thing just stepped out—you know, just stepped into the portal in front of me. I'm about ready to get the safety, and oh my god, I'm going to die now. So, random aside, but kind of similar. You know what card looks terrible in foil that I thought would look amazing? Civic Wayfinder. That card looks horrible in foil. I mean, but... he, just look, he just looks like a back alley creep. It's just very dark foil. Yeah, it's just like just almost black, and then just like some dude. And I don't know, it may be one of the things when you're at the pre-release, when you're looking at the foil, like, when you're trying to get a foil, like, give it a look-see, see how it looks. Like, Wayfinder I thought was going to be great, and then when I bought it, I was just like, I think I got it in, you know, from a online retailer or something. Like, ugh, this is terrible. But for the most part, you can, when you're foiling this out, like, if you buy them in a pre-sale online, you know, they're going to be pretty cheap. I Like, I don't know if anybody's going to be, you know, slamming down the door to get... A foil turn the tide, and that card's gonna look amazing in foil, also. GTW. And by the way, I, I just clarified, it is all opponents. So if you play multiplayer, it oh, gets better. oh, nice. It is all opponents. Wow. Uh, do you wanna do you want go into the the red cards? Yeah, let's keep going. Okay. Uh, the first one is called Blister Blister Stick Shaman. Two and a red for a two one. I think it's a Goblin Shaman or something. And yep. when it enters the battlefield, deal one damage to target creature or player. Yep. And, you know, as a 2-1, it's definitely, like, the the closest analog, at least in commons, there's Gitu Slinger, which was a... It's uh, a 2-for-3 with Echo, and when it comes in, it shocks. Yeah. And then Spark Mage Apprentice, which was 1 in a red for a 1-1 one, one that pinged something. And I definitely think this is an upgrade for sure from Spark Mage Apprentice, because the two power is nuts. You know, it's definitely a lot more significant than one. Well, I mean, it's it's like a Grey Ogre. You know, I mean, it, it's the morph it's the morph line. You know, three mana for two power, that's 
pretty, you know, pretty much you can't, you know, if it's if you're paying three three you know three mana and you're getting one power, you better be paying for like crypt rats. Yeah, um, something that has a an extremely powerful impact on the board, like Farhaven Elf. You know, is maybe something that you know I would consider for the you know for the cube, um, just because it's a come into play and it ramps. But the um, the the thing that I like about this is that you know when when I first put my cube together, I was so excited because I went to um, you know, I went through and I'm like, oh great, you know, fire imp, mm-hmm. threw it right in, and then I looked it up and it's, it's an uncommon. So it's you know, fire imp is the same stats, um, but it comes in and it, and it deals two damage, uh, which is obviously a lot. You know, it's it's basically better than get two slingers. Well, it uh, it only deals to a creature, so it's like a mini FTK. Yeah, I mean, I, I still think that's. I mean, I think that's more than fine because when yeah. you're getting removal on a stick and you can beat in, you know, you're probably getting more damage out of it anyway than if you put it at your opponent's face. So. Yeah. Um. I thought that guy was great. Like, and know, I, th- I don't know. I think this guy's gonna be good. Also, the the booster yeah. stick. Yeah. I mean, I think. Um. Yeah, I think if if I were to shift my cube and put a lot more one power dudes in, suddenly his value looks so much better than it did before uh, because it really does become removal on a stick. Yeah, like attack with my three three into your one four wall, post combat, uh, finish it off with this guy kind of thing, and it's not really costing you a card per se, which is nice. Yeah. Uh, the next card is uh, Koth's Courier, which is part of a mini cycle for one and two red for a two three human rogue with forest walk. I I don't know. I'm not really like three toughness is nice. But I just don't think it's quite good enough. Like, Forest Walk is useful, but I don't think it quite gets there. Yeah, I mean, it, it jumped out to me because of the Forest Walk. Um, yeah. Green is definitely the one of the, you know, if not the strongest color, um, definitely definitely one of, like, the two strongest colors in my cube. And um, kind of giving, you know, putting tools in there that, that kind of are definitely anti-green, you know, I, I don't know if that's... Yeah, that's that's the the principle of instead of re, instead of weakening green, I'm strengthening other colors. You know, but it just you know it was just something that you know that was interesting because you don't see too many landwalkers in red. Yeah, like and it's, it reminds- and it's, a, and it's an allied landwalk, so it's really good for you know like red black decks and blue red decks that that want to have that ability to 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 slink in there. It kind of reminds me of I don't know if you remember this card, Mountain Yeti from Legends, and it was reprinted in Chronicles. It was two and for uh, for everybody who's playing along, two and two red for three three, mountain walk pro white, and it's kind of similar where it's it kind of hoses one deck, it kind of hoses white, you know, pretty decently, and it's I don't know in theory the mountain walk hurts red decks, but you know it you know red has so many bolts the three toughness thing, isn't you know it's. Like if it was three four, it'd be ridiculous against red. But I think it's it's just it's pretty good against red, and, it's, and this kind of reminds me of it. Yeah, I mean, I think it's you know, I think the I think the mountain walk's pretty relevant on Mountain Yeti. It's it's a three three pro white for for four. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's okay. But the double red is you know the double red and only being a three three pro white. You know, it's you know I, I definitely looked at it before. Um, yeah, and it's interesting to note it was originally printed as an uncommon and then printed as common in Chronicles. So um, wow. it's, one the, it's one of the few cards that that's been reprinted only once, but 
um, the rarity, you know, the rarity changed. So usually that's a good thing with like, uh, or at least I love when the opposite happens when there's a common and then it goes up, like uh, pyro. I still don't remember pyrotechnics, the the four damage arc lightning. Nope, that started as that started as an uncommon in Legends, and that was printed as a common in Sixth Edition. See, I thought it was a common in Legends. Nope. Wow, that's cr- that's a quite a ride. Yeah, it goes from common or uncommon to common, and then back. To, I think it went back to uncommon in seventh. Yeah, it, they they found out the card was a little good. Yeah. <laughs> common. Snap pick, how however many snap pick three of those like in a draft and just. Go nuts. The uh, the last card in red that we're going to talk about is Koldotha Ringleader. A four in red for a four for a giant berserker with battle cry, and it has to attack each turn. Yeah, see, I um, I really like this guy. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I mean, I, when I when I miss you know when I when I misread battle cry, and um, that's important to note. Not the pre-release, folks. Read your cards, and then read them again. Um, mm-hmm. But the the fact that he the fact that he has basically the same stats as Stampeding Rhino, which makes my cue, um, you know, like I don't like a four four atta- having to attack. You know, I think is fine. You know, he's gonna he's gonna pound over. He's definitely gonna trade with probably multiple creatures or a creature in a trick. Um, and if he eats a removal spell, great. You know, you've got other dudes. But the fact that he has Battle Cry. You know, effectively says that your combat step just got better because if he's swinging anyway, you know, with um, you know, with a couple two twos or a couple you know one ones, you know, you can start throwing those guys in there and it and it feels a lot better. Yeah, like especially as like a curve topper and aggressive decks, just like getting there with your two twos and like yeah, like your mana dorks and whatever. The creatures in my commons cube that have to attack are Flameborn Hellion, this guy for sure. And Ulamog's Crusher, and for each of those having to attack each turn, who cares? Like that's almost non-existent. Like there are times, yeah, when it might matter, but you know that's almost insignificant. It's just like, oh, four four, you know, you're almost never gonna want to block with it. Like you just want to get in there and just bash face. Like it's almost a non-existent drawback. And oh, my my opponent has Aaron Ephemeron. He might trade trade with my ringleader. Oh no. Yeah, boo, yeah boo. he's got stampeding rhino, and he might trade with my ringleader. Oh man, that's terrible. Yeah, Sticker. like there's 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 not much in terms of five toughness. Like wave watch the card that I keep referring to. Wave watch crusher, uh, and I can't really think of much. A uh, castle raptors as a five toughness. There's not much that can block this, and that can just there are few creatures that can block it and kill it and survive. Aside from maybe crusher. And a leveled up wave watch, but yeah, for the most part, it's going to take at least two things down. And the fact that it's got battle cry, like they have to focus all their attention. The fact that they have to focus like two plus blockers on that guy, and you know you have like a bunch of two twos and whatever attacking, make those guys a lot. You know, it makes them a lot stronger. It kind of reminds me of like a planeswalker, and you know your opponent having to attack it kind of thing. Like I think. I when I saw this card spoiled, I was really happy. I'm like, in in ASAP as soon as I pick up a copy. And now that I've actually read the card a little closer for the third time, 
Um, Battle Cry is a is an on is on attacker declaration trigger. It's like exalted. Uh, so if somebody doesn't want that battle cry effect to hit, like let's say they've only got like two creatures and they're not going to be able to soak your, you know, your four creatures getting pumped and coming in, um, they'll have to use their removal or their their tempo or whatever spell before you even attack, decide to attack with Coldolfa Ringleader. So oh, you wow. don't even have to make the bad attack before um, before they before they they can act. Uh, they have to do it, um, you know, going into before you go into your combat. Wow! So he, wow, even better. <laughs> he's not. He doesn't have that awkward like, oh, cool, I'm going to get this really cool stuff when I attack. No, well, that doesn't trigger right away, and I can mess with your stuff beforehand. Yeah, like uh, getting the rug pulled out under you, like it's America's Funniest Home Videos or something. It's like, nope, you got to kill this thing now. And if they forget about it, you just. You know, you just effectively completely blew them out at that point. Like, oh, I forgot I had to kill it before uh, before you declared attackers. Well, yeah. <laughs> isn't this awkward? Yeah, precisely. I think we're gonna go. Do you want to go into the green cards? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, okay. yeah. Let's yeah. Let's uh, let's try to knock these out. All right. The first one that I think is interesting is uh, or that Adam you thought was interesting. Sorry, was Blight Widow. <laughs> like, I don't know. You you brought it up. I want to give you props. Uh, three and a green for a two-four spider with infect and reach. Now, since I said you thought it was interesting, <laughs> go and go and riff on why you say it was interesting. Om nom 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 nom. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it eats flyers. I mean, it's just like, I mean, even Aaron Ephemeron's gonna go. Well, okay, I'm gonna kill it, but now my Aaron Ephemeron is a wind Zendikon. Yeah, like, and uh, uh, you know, it's it's annoying, and um. It's, you know, it doesn't have the vigilance like the Priest of Norn, but, like, that, that pseudo-howl infect has, you know, that if infect uh, were to become uh, an available sub-theme in a cube, you know, maybe switching in a whole bunch of infect creatures at once, you know, especially when New Phyrexia comes out. I'm placing my bets on that. Yeah, I, same here. I, I, uh, I'm totally, totally waiting for it. Yeah, it's kind of a given for me as well. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't think it's a given, but you know, I that's that's that would be that would be my guess. But the um, the fact that it has you know four virtual power, you know, you only have to hit five times with this, and this time I did the math right. Oh, there we go. Yeah. You know, like uh, I mean, it's, it it hits like a four four for being a two four utility guy. Well, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I I really like. There was something that Anthony had talked and I talked about when we were doing the uh, the pilot episode, and he had an interesting analogy. It was like, you know, because he, you know, he's a teacher, and he said something along the lines of, one of the, a bad way to get students to do something is if you, you tell them, if you do something three times, you know, if you uh, speak out in class three times, I'm going to take you to the, you're, you're going to the principal's office, and, you know, the kids are going to do it twice, and then, you know, worry about it the third time. And I don't know if, like, there. I think there's enough good removal to be able to make sure that he doesn't hit five times. But the fact that he just eats flyers is ridiculous. Like, the the only flyer that can kill it is, you know, a Wind, wind Rider Eel or Ephemeron or, like, a super kicked, uh, what's that, Apex Hawks. Aside from that, you know, you can't... It's a kind of the same thing with the with the priests, you know. If you want to attack with your flot, you know, your two flyers, your two three twos, this, you know, just or maybe like a castle raptors, and then like some other flyer. This still blocks it. It still eats it. 
knocks it down by two, which is just nuts. Right. I mean, that's something that I that I that I should probably point out at this point that the that the the only infect creatures that I that I've brought up from Mirror and Besieged that I'm kind of looking at are ones that are good that may be good enough on their own. Yeah. You know, take all. You know, is Giant Spider good enough on his own? Maybe. I mean, he's he he's pretty solid. You know, he's got great toughness. He's really good against flyers. That's great. But the fact that it's a giant spider plus this bonus infect, you know, clearly it's you know it's superior, quote unquote, to giant spider in some ways. You know, it's obviously not in others, but that you know, in looking at the infect creatures, I'm still looking at you know, is it good enough on its own? You know, do I need to be killing with poison? The thing is, 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 is using the, you know, looking at that analogy, you know, oh, it doesn't, you know, I'll just go to eight poison and then I'll kill it. That's fine. But that's the exact same thing that you're doing when, okay, well, I'll go to five, I'll go to five life and then I'll kill it. You know, it's, it's just, you know, you're using a different total, but you're still ch- timing your removal, um, based on what, you know, what effective life you're at. That's true. Yeah. So yeah, in, in a cube that doesn't have a lot of infect or, or the infect deck doesn't exist, yeah, this guy's gonna, you know, okay, well, fine, I'll let him hit me. It doesn't matter. But, you know, if there's, you know, if there's uh, a conflict, con- you know, a uh, not confluence. A resurgence or just a ton of coming in kind of thing. But yeah, like if, if, you know, if it's possible that, that there, that there's this critical limit and you get enough of these infect guys in there and suddenly there's, you know, maybe a two color plus splash infect deck, you know, probably green based with, with mana fixing. Pretty reasonable. You know, white and black, you could probably do it. You know, when the, when the infect deck is there, suddenly he becomes that, okay, well, he's not going to get gobbled up by this other control deck. The infect deck's going to snap pick him, but he's still good enough to fight the other decks on their terms. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and so it's, you know, it's, it's the answer to that question that I guess I look at. Okay. But I mean, even if I were to think of him just as a, you know, a 2-4 spider with, like, wither and defender, I still think he's good enough. I I'm, I definitely still like him. Again, I'm giving him the double thumbs up. He gets two. Uh, the next card is the uh, the counterpart to Koth's Courier, Glissa's Courier, one and double green for a two three Mountain Walk Horror. That's and that's weak. Yeah, that'd be like an Elf or something. That's that's weak. But yeah, it's kind of the same thing, or it's pretty similar. Like Mountain Walk is nice, but a lot of bolts. You know, you have so many. You know, like lash out, bolt, searing blaze. Yeah, searing blaze. Uh, volcanic hammer, fire ambush, hunter's outrage. Yeah, like the three toughness is definitely a lot more of a liability in red than it would be for green because green like against red. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. That's I, I don't know if I'm really a big fan of that guy. Uh, the next card, Rot Wolf, we talked about on the uh, on the on the Popper podcast episode. Uh, two, gr- two and a green for a two-two wolf with infect. When it damages a creature that goes to the graveyard from play this turn, draw a card. And and it's kind of similar to the spider. I think it's a good wall, or at least I think the spider's definitely a better wall for that job. But you, I don't know. It's not it's not a creature you want to attack in for sure. It's not it's not a pretty sight, I would think. Attack into or attack with? I think. I mean. It, I wouldn't really want to attack into it. You know, it's just, I think it's a really good, def- like, blocker kind of thing, especially if you have a bunch of 2-2s or, you know, 2-1s or whatever. Like, you know, eat, trade, draw a card. Like, uh, what's that? The uh, 
surveilling sprite slash Oculus kind of thing. Or, you know, if they have a bunch of 1-1s, like, they're never going to attack into a Rot Wolf if they have a bunch of tokens kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Especially, yeah, if you have, like, giant growth kind of effects or, like, vines. It's like, I'll attack my 4-4 into that and just, like, vines, dude dies, draw a card kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, the, the thing I was thinking about with Rot Wolf is that... Um, Part of what you know, part of what I want to do with McCube is I want to go go back and kind of do some changes to Red and make it feel a little different. And um, I believe it's I believe it's called Arcane Teachings. Yeah, the uh, enchantment that turns the aura that turns gives something like plus two plus two and gives it the ping ability for three for two and a red or something. Yeah, yeah, I'll look it up here. Uh, okay, I thought I thought it tapped the deal two damage. I think it's just one. I think. Yeah, tap the deal. Uh, tap the deal one damage. Okay. But you know, I'm I'm thinking like, you know, what if I, you know, what if I had, you know, arcane teachings and, um, you know, I brought back, uh, Verdian, longbow, and suddenly, you know, there's all these infect creatures. Hey, that, oh wow, yeah. That ping ability <laughs> looks a lot mightier. You know, oh, like, oh, I've got a four geez. four infectorator that can that can ping down. Like, oh, okay. You're you're not gonna attack, or you know, oh, you're you're gonna pacify it. Great, I'm just gonna tap and start killing your stuff. You know, like you start killing stuff by pinging with Rotwolf. Oh yeah, <laughs> like wow, tap, kill your dude, draw a card, and just mess up combat math so much it, with yep. that kind of thing. It's like I've got a bunch of two twos, and you got a bunch of two twos. Good luck. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, that's living the dream. You know, it's magical Christmas land to have. You know, to have that uh, you know kind of interaction happen unmolested. I guess is probably the way to put it, but yeah. the um, you know just you know just the idea that there's this there, there's this infect card that provides value when you're doing something with it you're going to want to do anyway. You're yeah. going to want to kill dudes with it. You're going to want to trade with it. You're going to want to swing with it, and it's probably going to be okay. Yep, I agree. Uh, the last card is Viridian emissary, uh, one and a green for two one elf scout. When it dies, rampant growth. And, you know, we talked about that on the last podcast, but uh, Adam did a post about it on his uh, Popper Cube blog, uh, the Popper the dot wordpress dot com, and, uh, and I'll link to it in the uh, in the show notes. But yeah, he he did uh, he he went to length about about it, and I thought it was pretty awesome. Yeah, both, and both the post and the and the card. There's actually quite a bit of discussion um, that popped up around it. Um, you know, my, my one buddy, Tim, he's one of the guys that got me into cubing. Um, he, you know, he was like, he was like, you know, hey, well, that just seems to do a whole lot of nothing when you've got walls. Well, there aren't walls in my cube, really. The effective walls all have one power. And, um, you know, the walls that he's thinking of, the, the, the wall of blossoms, you know, all the zero toughness walls, when you don't have those hanging around, you're going to get that ramp effect because somebody's going to block with it sooner or later. And it's yeah. just, you know, if you're looking at it from the lens of, I'm going to swing every turn, it feels great. Yeah. Like, I don't know if I'd say it's like a, a tribe elder per se. Like, for example, if you have, I think, it's kind of like one of those browbeat-ish cards where your opponent ultimately gets to choose, but I think this is one of those cards where both of those sides, even the worst case scenario, is definitely solid in both of those. Like, oh no, I have to attack, I get to attack with my... 2-1, and it, you know, just gets there, or I get a 2-1, essentially a wall that's keeping my opponent's 4-4 guys, you know, Flowstone Crusher from attacking. It's like, 
oh no, who cares? You know, it's just like solid. No matter what, I think it's a great card. Yeah. Like I'm not. I don't know if I'm gonna put it in my regular cube, but commons it, commons cube for sure. And another card that's going in my commons cube for sure is Flare Husk. And I'm jumping in right into artifacts, by the way. One mana, plus one, plus one. Or, one mana for an equipment with the living weapon mechanic, plus one, plus one, with uh, two equip costs. And uh, that's another one you went into on your uh, on your blog. Did a pretty huge post about it. And, yeah, I think it's... I definitely think it's going to be great in Commons Cube. Like, the, like I said, the whole thing with the steps... Like, giving a 2-2 plus one plus one and bring it to that three power step is huge. And I think that's going to make, you know, that in and of itself is great. And the fact that it's a one mana, like, one mana creatures aren't exactly prevalent at common. So I think that particular part about it is really nice, too. Well, there are one mana creatures, but they're just kind of, you know, okay. You know, you get stuff like 1-1 one, one for strikers. You get stuff like, you know, there's like, the blue that's just a 1-1, one, one. you know, there's a green, like, Tukatung Thalad, it's a 1-1, one, one, but then it dies and it comes back. You know, you get a sapling out of it. You know, they're, they're all okay, but, you know, this gives you this gives you something that's going to help you so much more over the long game. You know, that, that one additional power, the one additional toughness, uh, both make a much bigger impact than just having first strike. And the fact that it goes into any aggressive deck, you know, like if they're looking at equipment, you know, they open it up, they open up the spread and they go, man, you know, like, you know, it's like pack two or pack three and, and they have a chance to grab this to get another one drop in their cute, in, in their, in their deck. Um, you know, that's, that's, that, that may be the smart play over the spicy removal spell. Yeah. You know, uh, just, just to make being sure. able to curve out is just, you know, that slightly, you know, I think is sometimes better than, than necessarily, you know, having a removal spell. Because sometimes you don't have that spell, but you definitely want that one drop. Yeah, you definitely just want to use all your mana really efficiently. And that's another nice thing about this card is that, yeah, the two mana is, you know, it, it can be a little prohibitive, like, you know, compared to the one mana and one equip for a Leon and Scimitar, but I, you know, I don't think that's that bad, you know, of a downside compared to the, I, you know, obviously run both in your commons cubes, for sure. Just run both of them. I think they're both great. But the fact that, yeah, this is a one-drop that helps your aggro curves, or even, like, a chump blocker that, you know, can just, you know, after it dies, you just put it on a wayfinder or something just to make it a 3-3 and then bash with that forever is, I think, you know, a really nice thing about it. Oh, yeah. The next card is uh, called Mir Sire. A two-mana... Mirror creature, 1-1. One, one. When it dies, it's essentially self-replacement. Put a 1-1 one, one mirror token onto the battlefield. I I don't know. I like I, I first thought of it kind of as like a Mog War Marshal, but, you know, I it, it kind of... It reminds me of Tuka Thung, Tongue Thalid, which, you know, you put on the show notes. And I don't know. I just... It, two mana just seems really expensive for that kind of effect. Like, it's a nice defender that self-replaces, but I don't know. I just... I ain't feeling it. Yeah, I mean, I just, I just thought it was interesting that, you know, we have, we have it in green at one mana, but every color has it at two. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the next card, and this is one I brought up, and I, I like it, and then it's gonna be one of those cards that I like, and then I'm gonna look at me like three months later, being like, why, are you stupid? This card is terrible. Called Copper Carapace, uh, one mana equipment, 
uh, and when it's equipped to a creature, it gives it plus two, plus two, and can't block. Unfortunately, the equip cost is three, which is so much, and I don't know. That's just, ugh. Like, I don't know, I, that's a card I just really want to be good, but in, in all honesty, it probably isn't. Like, the three equip cost is just so much. Like, part of me really wants it to be, like, a Volstrak Morningstar to, you know, like, the inferior version. God, that three-mana equip is just so awkward. Yeah, if this costs two to play and two to equip, it was just a, you know, a, a, a downgrade Morningstar, it, I, I think it would feel much better. I mean, this is the same, this is the same casting cost as Verdian Longbow. Yeah. You know, you know so, yeah. The, so the question is, is, you know, pingers, you know, pingers are okay. Um, you know, they, they're definitely not as good as I, as I, as I thought they were. And, um, you know, we both agreed on that, you know, over time and, and I've taken most of the pingers out. But, um, you know, it, it's the same cost equip as the longbow. So the question is, is plus two, plus two and can't block better than ping? You know, is it good enough to get in there? And I, I honestly don't know. You I know, mean, it's, I mean, it's it's tricky. Like, you know, honestly, like when you you know, I, I compare, you know, I look at this and I go, okay, what kind of deck wants that? Well, an aggro deck because the control deck's not going to equip a dude and and not going to not want to be able to block with them. Yeah, you know, that's, exactly. That's silly. You know, they're the, they're already low on life. They're they're trying to they're trying to come back. So, um, you know, I look at it and go, well, well, what's what equipment do I already have in here that that supports aggro? Well, I just put in um, Strider Harness. You know, which is plus one, plus one, and haste for one mana. So not only am I getting my dudes moving faster, but um, it's so much easier to equip. You know, like, I can look at every creature in my hand and go, okay, this costs one more, but it's bigger and hasty. Yeah, it has kicker. Kicker one, Yeah, kicker bash. one, plus, you know, per, plus one, plus one counter and haste. Yeah. That's colorless. You know, that, that's that's actually pretty pretty insane. It's really good. Yeah. And um, I just, you know, I'm not seeing any place for... Copper Carapace. I mean, the plus two plus two is huge, but I think it's that the the can't block with the equip cost is makes it really clunky. For me, I think the the equip cost is the deal breaker. Like I I sometimes consider uh, the Volshock Morningstar to be like the Umizawa's Jite of the uh, of the Commons Cube world. Like it's just when you equip it onto something and then just attack, it's just such a huge effect. And I don't know, I like. I don't, most of the time, I just pay four. Just like when I play swords in my power cube, you know, just pay three, equip for two, bash, and, you know, just like the plus two, plus two on Morningstar, just pay pay four, play it, equip, bash. And I don't know if this is going to do the same thing. It probably will, and that three equip is just so awkward. Like, the can't block thing definitely is a downgrade, but I think in aggressive I think, I think if it didn't have the can't block on there... I would be much more attracted to it because um, if you can equip, you get this huge dude that your opponent really can't attack into. With equipping with this, you're committing mana. That's that's what's really that's what's really awkward about this is that you yeah. you you put your you invest your mana into it and you can't even hold it back for for value. And yeah, that's the nice thing about like the equipment, like the you know like the Morning Star, like Obaline Bracers, is just getting in there with an equipped guy and then post combat. Play a dude, put this on it, good luck attacking opponent kind of thing. And you can't do that with this either. But yeah, another thing about the camp block is quite awkward. But 
yeah, I really want this card to be good, but it, it yeah, I mean, I, we're we're gonna have a chance to to feel it out this weekend. You know, maybe you know it, it could feel it could work a little different than than I'm imagining, but I just keep imagining I'm gonna want to block. Yeah, the uh, the last card, which is actually a red card in disguise, is Spin Engine, and it's three mana for a three one construct creature, and you spend a red mana to make target creature to say target creature can't block spin engine this turn. Now, we already have the, uh, you know, like the replica cycle in Mirrodin, I mean Scars in Mirrodin, and I I think like the uh, the red one, the Volshock replica is better than this one. You know, the ability to bash for three and then just dome after you've just knocked your opponent down, just go like sack Volshock replica, bolt Fire blast, you die, kind of thing. And this, I don't know, three one, three mana for three one is pretty good for red, like very aggressive color. And I don't know, I think its activability is pretty decent. But I don't know, it's another one of those things where it's like, what are you not playing if you're playing this card? Like, for me, it's just like, for me, it would be like Runus Minotaur or something at three that I'm not playing when I'm playing this or something, or like Fault Riders or like red is so good at three mana. Like, even in spells, like, like Staggershock, Arc Lightning, Molten Rain, all this crazy stuff, and the creatures, yeah, you got, like, Spur Grappler, uh, the Hasty Pinger, stuff like that, and, you know, the more I think about it, the more I don't know if he can stack up to the competition. Like, Replica's great, because he just fits the red archetype so well. Does this? I don't know. I don't... Now I think about it more, I don't... You know, I don't think... I'm not 100%. He, he does not get the thumbs up. That's for sure. Well, I mean, I'm just, uh, I was just looking through some cards. You know, Worldweight gave us Grotag Thrasher. It's, oh, is uh, that like the, uh, the, it's, the it's the 3 3 for 5, um, and whenever it attacks, it gets the free target creature can't block this turn. Um, and that's something I've kind of been, kind of kept on, on penciled because it's, I've been killed by that just bashing so many times because when you have multiple dudes, you, it's like a, it's like pseudo removal. It just, you know, removes a, a, a creature from the calculation. Yeah. And, um, you know, in Ravnica, there's Screeching Griffin, which is 2-2 flying for 4, but it's got that same red ability, target creature can't block. So it's, you know, so it's evasion with bonus evasion. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I never thought of that, but yeah. It's like, there are, there are very few flyers or creatures with reach, and then even those can't block it. Yeah, but really at common, those are the only, those are the only repeatable reasonable effects where you can swing with the dude that's stopping the, the blocking. Yeah. You know, so I mean, I think I think if you look at it as kind of like um, as like you play it one turn, next turn it's um, what is it? Wave of Panic? Uh, wave, maybe Wave of Indifference, the X one? Wave of Indifference, yeah. yeah. It's, you know, that, that I've, I've, I've seen Wave of Indifference kind of floating around as a potential popper cube card and basically it's just, you know, it's like creatures you control are unblockable this turn. It's basically what it reads as. Yeah. Because you're just Targeting everything that's not your creature and then swinging. Uh, have um, you do you know the Have you seen a flavor text for it? Yeah, Maybe yeah. yeah difference. You know, oh, there's there's goblins. There. Yeah, just just saying. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Like, you and know, then there's but, there's also a falter from Urza's Saga, which is like the classic. You know, one in a red creature without flying can't block this turn, and that's yeah. just bargain basement price for that. Although it's kind of. Like, not as useful, like, when you're going to kill your opponent anyway. So it's like, eh, I'll pay five and a red for, you know, just 
make sure nothing can block, not even flyers, and you're just yeah. dead. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, if, if you look at it as a delayed wave of indifference, you know, I, I think there's um, What's some like the, interest there. I mean, right. I like the fact that it's three power for three mana. That's pretty pretty efficient. It's definitely going to kill something. You know, the one toughness, you know, it's okay. I mean, if you look at it as, as a glass cannon, like, this is going to kill something. It's going to help me punch through with my blockers, or with my attackers, great. Well, I mean, the, the unfortunate thing is it, it prevents creatures from blocking it. But, you know, those creatures can block whatever else. And right, that's kind of awkward. You know, it just messes up their their combat map. Because if, you know... I mean, three power, I mean, taking a bolt every turn... Yeah. In addition to other damage, you know, that you're not going to last very long. No, you know, no. Bolt's, bolt's that, still pretty good. I hear it's played in Legacy sometimes these days. Or even Lava Spike, you know, that adds up. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's, it's, you know it's, it's a Lava Spike-ish. You know, yeah. I mean, it's, it's expensive, it's, it's a mana sink, but... You know, if you're if you're red and you're just playing your aggro dudes out and you're playing your burnout and you're just putting all the pressure on, you know, maybe it's okay. Yeah. I you know Yeah, it gets a thumbs up. There we go, it's now thumbs up. It has been redeemed. Yeah, and Screeching Griffin has the same wording, you know, Target Creature can't block Screeching Griffin. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, which is why I definitely haven't even looked at it before, because it says it other flyers can't block it. Well, what do you do? Yeah. <laughs> Flying is probably not getting blocked anyway. Exactly. <laughs> Alrighty, so, I don't know, like, I, like when I was looking at the set before, I thought there wasn't too much, but, you know, I have a little better impression of the set now. Like, there's definitely, like, for sure I'm going to want to get a foil uh, Rager, but, you know, if I go to the pre-release, but, like, I definitely would want to get, like, a foil Ringleader, because I think that's going to be, you know, pretty much evergreen... Same with uh, the Blister Stick Shaman. I think that guy's going to be really good. You know, he's going to be... I think he's going to be in forever, maybe. Viridian Emissary, I think, is great. Uh, the Priests of Norn. I don't know. I, th- I definitely think that guy's worth a shot. And Oh, and definitely Flare Husk. Flare Husk, for sure. And that card's probably yeah. going to look nuts as a foil. You know, like, the hand probably being, like, the unfoiled card in the background being all foily, like, all that darkness and whatever. Wow, that's going to be nuts. Yeah, I'm gonna try to pick up multiple Viridian emissaries. Yeah, and and by the way, like, you know, looking at his uh, Adam's spreadsheet, you know, it says like, you know, this is foil. This is like everything is foil. But you know, once you see it in person, like, it's it's like nuts. It's it's crazy awesome. It's like it's like you know, like scars packs, you know, that were like ten bucks or something where they were all foil, and you know, like I did a draft with that once. And that, you know, your commons cube is pretty much the same. Like, it's an amazing commons cube anyway, but the fact that it's got so much pimp, you know, like, altered stuff and whatever is just just amazing. I, I could do a whole podcast talking about pimp. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Next episode! Speaking of which, uh, we're getting to about... We're about the 90-minute mark, so... I don't know, I think we, ought, we probably should probably wrap it up pretty soon. But I don't know. What do you What do you think of like if you were to say, you know, if you were to go in the record books or at least say, Mirrodin Besieged is blank for Commons cubes. What would you say for the blank? Mirrodin Besieged is interesting. Um, I think that the you know I I'll qual- I'll qualify that a little more. Um, yeah, you know, I think that they're that the infect creatures have clearly gotten much better. 
I think um, it's getting closer to the point where um, it's much more reasonable to, to begin seriously looking at an effect sub-theme and um, some of the utility effects on creatures coming that, that are available, um, you know, such as uh, Blister Stick Shaman, uh, Verdian Emissary, you know, that, that there are these very solid bodies, pretty solid costs, uh, with definitely effects that you love to see. So I think... Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see what actually shakes out and how good some of the living weapon and some of the, some of those things are. Um, but we can definitely look forward to whatever's coming in the next set. I think I really, that yeah, if if the next set's mirrored, uh, um, Ferizia, New Ferizia, whatever, yeah. infect's going to be so much should be better. Yeah, uh, it, it should definitely open that up at the common level. Yeah, and I think it's kind of like with that theme of like in the first set there was just kind of little signs of poison. You get, like, you know, your Plague Stinger or whatever. And even then, I think that was kind of thematically, like, they were small, kind of, a little faction, and now they're getting stronger. Like, you have a spider that's infected, and, you know, Blight Steel Colossus and whatever. You have all these, you know, the poison starting to take more of an effect. And if it is New Phyrexia, which, like I said, I'm I'm going to say it's a given. You Just because, I think, because of the way the sets are arranged kind of thing. And, like, the relevance of the increase in poison or Frixie's influence, I think it's going to win. And if that's the case, yeah, then I think there are going to be some really good, good on their own as, you know, like a, a defender or whatever at common. And I think, yeah, I think that, you know, if that happens and there is the possibility for a poison sub-theme, I will be so happy. And even if there's, like, more good artifacts where, you know, I can put more, there are more good common artifacts so I can put more of a, a focus towards artifacts and maybe put in more artifact-centered cards, like, that definitely seems like, you know, a possible thing. Like, if Metalcraft was viable, I would windmill slam Bleak Coven vampires in so fast. Like, that card seems so good in a commons cube that supports, you know, a ton of artifacts, but there just isn't that support right now. Like, there's, you know, this set or this block is giving some good common artifacts, but there just isn't enough. Sets that anything that makes you look at the cards you have, question question what's in there, why is it in there, how can things be different? You know, those are the kind of questions that you should be asking about your cube. And yeah. sets that present you, you know, maybe not necessarily things that do end up in there, but present you, you know, that get you thinking about things in that different way and get you to examine things that maybe you haven't thought about uh, is definitely interesting. Like the, uh, the Deaths of Duet uh, surveilling sprite kind of thing. Kind of. Well, yeah, or even, like, yeah, other things that make you, like... And it's another thing I keep bringing up, but, like, there's this kind of uh, Japanese business management thing, and I think they did it at Toyota in the 80s called, like, Kaizen, all about just, like, continuous improvement, and not just going, oh, here comes this new set, what's better, like, Grave Titan, and, you know, Cranny went into this on uh, their latest Cube podcast. It was, like, Grave Titan, ridiculously good, and, you know, this replaces Skeletal Vampire, you know, it's like, kick that thing out, like, Jazzy Jeff getting kicked out of Fresh Prince's house, you know, it's easy, but, you know, just kind of thinking more, like, overall, just, like, how do I go, like, overall themes kind of things, like, mana curves, all this challenging what's in your cube, and like you were talking about with with the uh, Sky Hunter, it's like, not just making the, oh, I'm gonna go cut this, like, you're not gonna cut Stormfront Pegasus, but, you know, it's looking more at, like, your double white costs and things like that, and just doing an overall analysis of what's going on in your cube. Like, if you do that kind of stuff, you, it's like a 
it's a much different way of looking at your cube, and if you do that, it definitely gets a lot better. You know what it sounds like? It sounds like we need to have a whole nother podcast about analyzing your own cube. Oh, yeah. For sure. <laughs> yeah, that could totally be another episode. As for this episode, yeah, I think we ought to wrap it up, because it's getting to be about 95 minutes or however long. Ridiculous. But again, thank you very much. And again, thank you very much for helping edit the, you know, like, especially the SWOT analysis articles I've done on Quiet Speculation. Even though it's my name in the credits, Adam had a huge hand in helping those, A, come to light, B, making them not look like garbage. So, mad props for that. We do what we must because we can. That's true. Again, thank you very much. Thank you, listeners, for listening to uh, this podcast. Uh, and if you listen to both episodes, you get, I don't know, some kind of achievement points or something. You get a, I don't know, you get a cookie. Achievement unlocked, Cube Fanatic. Yeah. <laughs> sacrifice sacrifice your iTunes for a, a damage. But yeah. You're going nowhere with that. Yeah, but that's terrible. Thank, thank you again for having me on. Thanks, everyone, for listening. It's uh, It's really great. Awesome. See you all next week. Bye.